you know, you have that commercial part of Vietnam and then you have like the extreme local villages where you can interact with, uh, you know, the Dao tribe and see their festivals. They would dress you up in their costume and dance with you oh and, God. you know, cook, cook meals for you. All right, Coraline Canada, thanks you for joining again. Today we have a, a great guest, Monica, that's going to speak with us uh, about her journey and about Vietnam. A, a new place that is, act, not a new place, obviously, but a new place for nomads that is really popping right now. Um, and obviously we want to hear a little bit more about the ins and outs. So Monica, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Pleasure. I'm super excited. Guys, for those who are here for the first time, uh, we are having interviews, we are hosting LinkedIn interviews with nomads uh, and remote workers and travelers as well uh, to tell us a little bit about their side, about their lifestyle um, and everything that they are doing. So Monica, please tell us a little bit about you. Uh, so for starters, I, I think I've always been traveling and I am currently a digital nomad, of course, like a lot of people know me. But uh, the journey started like way long back, uh, I think, when my childhood. So I, I had my schooling in Abu Dhabi and my parents used to always take me around and, you know, go around roaming in the Emirates. We used to go for desert safaris and, you know, talk to camels and eat good food. Uh, but, you know, then life came in the way and... Um, I had to get to schooling and graduation and master's. But then I think I always had a creative edge. And somehow uh, I always wanted to get into MBA in marketing, but I had to choose finance because of societal pressures, need to make money, get into investment banking or consulting. All of those uh, things happen. And then I, yeah, bad tricks. And uh, I led to eventually following And uh, I did get into investment banking. So I worked for the company until six months back. Um, yeah, six, seven months back. So I was working uh, full-time as an investment banker for five years. And it took a huge toll on my uh, work-life balance. I think when I was, uh, you know, when I was just joining off, I didn't really care about what it would come through as. And I didn't care about what I really loved or, you know, do I need to take that seriously? But then um, once I was at my desk doing it every day, I realized that, oh, this isn't really making me happy or like cracking deals, mergers, acquisitions. This is not something that I'm really looking forward to. And I started traveling and suddenly COVID hit. So surprisingly, a lot of people tell me that they've stopped, they stopped traveling in COVID. But for me, I think it worked the other way around because suddenly my company went to remote work. And uh, I just started going around places and working out of there. Now, uh, this kind of came to me as a surprise that this is some kind of a lifestyle that people are living. And I didn't, I wasn't so aware of, you know, okay, remote working as a huge community, as a huge hub. And when I started, you know, it wasn't a very conscious decision to do it. But then when it happened unconsciously to me, I realized that, okay, this is something that's making me happy. And I eventually started picking up freelance gigs, side hustle, side work. I picked, made a blog page and eventually quit 
my you know sixteen seventeen hour work life uh, to become a digital nomad. So now I travel the world full time and work out of everywhere: cafes, public libraries, um, a beach, a mountain, anything. So I think it's uh, it makes me super happy. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, that's how it came through. Really. Yeah. Um. All right. So we jumped really kind of fast in the in the part. You know, the really <laughs> important part. How did you start? Oh uh, yeah. So I think it just happened during COVID. Uh, when I realized uh, that uh, okay, this is something that's really working, and this is a kind of lifestyle. And I really didn't know much about it. So I started reading a lot. I started reaching out to people who were doing it. Uh, you know. as a full time work and i was quite confused on really how this can happen because i i never faced that kind of a lifestyle and um, then i realized there is so much scope to it and i would have a lot of freedom to do what i want so even today when i say that okay i want to create this i can do that and that's so liberating isn't it isn't yeah. that like the best feeling like okay <laughs> i can just work out of anywhere or uh, like yesterday i was i was at a you know european cafe and then tomorrow i'm at a local hawker center in singapore so it it kind of the idea was very glamorous and it was it felt very liberating but was it really possible to do it that's when i started like you know trying and testing out i built up the blog and when i started traveling i think i started gaining a lot of traction as well and people started relating to the kind of lifestyle that i was living even if they didn't want to become digital nomads at least they were relating to the kind of travels that i was doing and then i picked up uh, i always wanted to like learn paragliding or pick up adventure sports so i was able to do that as well while i was working and then i eventually became a paragliding pilot so it all like came into a full circle when i realized that this is something that's really working it is possible to do this and um, i set up a like you know comfortable number that i would want to live with so obviously there's a lot of financial pressure when you are taking you know a choice like that or a leap of faith like that and uh, i think what i thought for myself was i would set up a particular number that okay this is what i would be comfortable with and once i started you know shifting to that or getting closer to that number that's when i was like okay this is the time that i can quit and that's how it all started <laughs> Yeah. Beauty. And what what was your first work as freelancer? What you actually did? I honestly just uh pitched uh, my photography and blogging skills to a few properties in uh, so I was living in the north of India uh in a state called as Himachal. It has beautiful Dhaladhar mountains of the Himalayan range and I wanted to learn paragliding there and then um it was a very long uh, you know a longer stay uh, that i was looking at so it was like for one one and a half month that i wanted to like live in a place and figure and i didn't want to also you know spend a lot on my accommodation and food so i started pitching mm-hmm. all of my skills uh the blog to them and um, that's how i eventually in return i got free accommodation free stays oh, and that's sweet. literally how it happened so it cut down my cost of travel i was able to live there for longer I was able to pick up adventure sports into collaborations, uh, do a lot of hikes, be in the nature, and everything was just working out. And uh, yeah, so I think those were for starters, uh, just exchange of skills. But I think for digital nomads, they can do so much with the kind of 
work that they can offer and you really need to just play on your strengths um and also realize your weaknesses i think that's also super important and just pitch your strengths i'm sure there's somebody out there who wants the kind of work that you're offering you just need to look for them mm-hmm. yeah. that's that's great but let me just a second jump back okay i got to bring it up you brought you know from really a solid job let's call it or kind of old school job in a bank etc etc endless numbers you know to completely different you know kind of lifestyle tell yeah. us about it tell us about the differences tell us about like get into the emotion a little bit ah uh, i wouldn't say it was super easy i think it is a big leap of faith and it took me too long years to finally make that jump i think i just always knew that i do not want to do investment banking and i'm not happy in it and so the like when you sit at your desk every day looking at numbers and valuations and you're constantly thinking that this is this is something that i don't want to do and i don't care about it it isn't that a really harsh feeling to have every day I think it's Works, very but different. after yeah. after you did the whole thing right you learned all your life you did like everything in the right way let's call it like parents said right you get yeah. into you got your job you're doing it you probably succeeded as well because you mm-hmm. chose it's not like someone fired you you chose to quit yeah. right the power yeah. wasn't yours how you actually right. you know get into it like isn't it like scary as hell it is uh, so a lot of people actually come come up to me with this question of how do you travel alone and i feel like that wasn't difficult for me at all but the, but switching my job and like you know getting into a lifestyle with uncertainty was super stressful and i had shifted countries i shifted careers and suddenly there was just nobody to talk to and whereas like you know in a job you're constantly into meetings or you yeah. have a peer group to speak to so you kind of have that emotional support that okay even if you're running into a race people are running with you and then suddenly you get into this zone of just being by yourself and now i have this whole thing to do from scratch and i don't know where to start from so that did happen to me it did uh, you know strike up as a very difficult uh career to be in because it's it's all about uncertainties you don't know how when or how you're going to exactly. make money when is the next client going to come in and uh, but i think i took it one step at a time and started establishing it so uh i think for me the biggest challenge was that i wanted to just be everywhere and i wanted to do everything so I, i've just always been this kid who just wants her hands into everything but then i realized that's not that's not the right way to approach it maybe take one thing as a priority and then go you know uh next steps because you're building an entire business and of course there are digital nomads who are working remote jobs as well but then i was somebody who was building a business for myself and uh whereas everything was super established for me in my job where i would just work like 24 26 days a month and i would just get that paycheck and after 5 years i didn't have to put a lot of effort because i just knew everything yeah so that you know you get into that um zone of not learning or being very comfortable in the kind of uh journeys or steps that you want to take but then 
I, you know, you suddenly quit and then you're like, okay, I'm into a completely new field. I don't know anything about it and I need to figure it out from scratch to at least get to that level. So I think the best way to do it is obviously side it, you know, start it as a side hustle. And that's what I did instead of like just taking the plunge completely. Uh, I tried and tested out the waters <laughs> initially. And when I knew that it would be my my boat or my small ferry is like sailing a little bit that's when i was like okay now i'm ready to quit by the way all right but yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing all righty um let's go a little bit about the nomade lifestyle okay we talk about like old school and your old life let's call it yeah. tell us about your you know day in the life i think i'm super happy people who meet me also just uh tell me that you look happier you smile more and uh, that's the biggest uh, biggest difference that I've seen I'm not cribbing and crying every day that oh my god I I, <laughs> I don't want to do this and I think I'm at, I'm at peace and a little more content so what a normal day looks like is I try and I'm a morning person so I try and wake up as early as possible uh, I try every day by six and then eventually get up by seven Uh, I try and pull a workout because I think that's super important. I try and, you know, fit into a schedule even after all the uncertainties that are coming through my way through the day. Um, you know, take a shower, have, my, have a good holy breakfast meal and I head out to any cafe or a public library or any place where I feel like, okay, this is probably a part of Singapore that I haven't explored. Or I meet people who have texted me on Instagram who are creators in my industry. And I say yes to it all the time. There's not one single time that I've said no to a person to meet or to explore a new place because I feel I'm kind of getting acquainted with the industry and, you know, making more friends. My network builds up more or I'm seeing a new place or a new cafe. And that I think is super important because the vibe keeps changing every time and it's great. I think it works really well for me because I kind of got bored with Starbucks mm -hmm. after a point. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm working out of Starbucks every day. There's free Wi-Fi, uh, all as a co-working space, but then I needed that change. And it kind of um, helps me with the artist within me because I need, that creative space to be myself. Otherwise, I'm just lazing around, uh, you know, at the place that I'm staying. So it's important for me to step out every day, be in a different place, try a new coffee. And that, that kind of makes me, that kind of validates what I'm doing, I feel. Like, <laughs> okay, you know, I tried something new today and this is why I'm doing it, even though it is the smallest thing ever. And uh, yeah, so I'd work out of there for, you know, a good three, four hour kind of a focus work that I try to do. Um, there are a lot of productivity uh, videos that I keep watching to increase my productivity because there is nobody sitting on my head to, you know, to tell me that, okay, this is what you need to do. So it's important for me to get into that zone and try and do focus work as much as possible. So I try and do that for three, four hours. I'd walk around, uh, you know, explore the place or I'd probably go to a new spot go to a garden, take a walk and I'd come back, um, you know, maybe a, late, a little late in the night or um, I'd have like usually lunch outside. If I'm able to cook, I'd, I'd take it with along with me. So that kind of saves up, um, you know, a little bit of cost structure. I think digital nomads uh, have this a lot. And uh, if I can cook, okay, I cook and go. Otherwise, I just eat outside. I try a new meal and 
just explore around so some days i'm just some days are just this way which are like work focused but some days i'm just like oh i don't want to work today or like you know i'm i have a little more free time so i would just not take my laptop around and then just go around and see places so or see the culture so there's so much in singapore to see so much or if i'm not based in singapore i do it wherever in the place that i am and that's like the just the typical day uh slow steady a little bit of work a little bit of freedom and it just goes according to what i want and i think that's the that's the best thing about it mhm all right so you brought it up like you brought up two things over here first of all is the matter of obviously the freedom of going and be in different places and work in different places so how much of it like of it is actually affecting your you know networking abilities or the new people that you're meeting is it a lot in co-work in co-working spaces or cafes yeah it's definitely more in co-working spaces uh, of course you meet a lot of people uh, there i think it's better obviously uh, to work in a co-working space you kind of have a designated place to get to uh, but sometimes i felt like i wasn't i wasn't meeting the right kind of people probably there because there are all kinds of people who come there and uh, hence i also started saying yes to people who were reaching out to me on instagram or facebook so i also try and test out those methods of networking or going to events or social meetups i think this is my greatest uh, way of networking going to all nomadic meetups uh, getting to every social language exchange that is there hosted in the country or an expat meetup and that i think kind of gets me to the right kind of people that i want to connect to and i've kind of i've made up a lot of connections through that and sometimes if you're lucky enough you kind of get get to also like pitch your work or get work from those kind of meetups and i think it's a great platform mm-hmm. so i always tell this to everybody get to as many meetups or as many uh, expat networks that are out there and it's a great place to uh, make friends or pitch your work get work either way really so tell us actually about your last meetup when was it uh so it was one was like a week ago and i have one in two days oh mm-hmm. yeah two days so both of them are from like completely different platforms so there is oh, yeah. uh, the nomadic network which is uh, by the nomadic mad i think if you know him so i go to his uh, you know the meetups that are there with the singapore chapter uh with them and i meet all kinds of different people from across the world who just come to talk about travel and you know they just constantly focused on uh, the kind of you know conversations that you want to have because sometimes you miss out on that when you are alone in this journey and you some you somehow are you truly are and that's the downside of it maybe we'll come to that a little later <laughs> um, but uh, oh you know once you are constantly alone in this um journey of yours and it's definitely not a race you kind of want to connect to the people who you relate to and your like the nomadic network just has all of these chapters who uh come together and um just talk about food travel and i i kind of made a video on this as well that every time i come out of that meetup i feel like i've gone to so many places even though i'm walking the same streets and it's stories. a great feeling yeah just from the <laughs> stories and if somebody would give you know send me pictures 
and they would talk about Kyrgyzstan and somebody would talk about how biryani was not Indian and you know food so it's it's great it's it's a very nice place to uh, you know uh, meet people obviously and then uh, I do have an event uh, which is from Tri Rise it is a Singapore based um, I think like a wise payment kind of a thing where you can send your invoices and they have this meetup where they have a panel talking about social media and how creators can interact and you can just they also have this space where you can talk to people so it's a great place again to just interact and you know know professionally uh, on what kind of work people are doing and mm-hmm. I, I think with the lifestyle that I live I just um, I'm not home like okay I, I don't think homeschooled is the right word but I'm not like uh, you know I have to go out of my way to understand and learn what kind of work people are doing or how it can work for me and take inspiration from others and apply it to my lifestyle. So um, there's no, there's no shame in going out and reaching out to people. And I do that all the time. I just do that mm-hmm. all the time and it works really well. <laughs> so, yeah. Beautiful. All right. So obviously networking is a big part, a big, let's call it either a challenge, either a fall or a win for digital moment. Um, what other challenge you experience in your nomadic life? I think one of the biggest challenge is uh, loneliness and being homesick. That's a big one, and that's a big one uh, because you're just, that's a big one, and it's it's difficult to get through sometimes uh, because you're constantly changing friends, and I wouldn't even call them friends you're just meeting them one day and then there's somebody else the other day and then somebody else the other day so I had this constant stint of like 20 days where there was just there were just different people who I was meeting and I felt yeah. like oh my god I need a friend and that I um, need a deep I connection think, right yeah so that definitely hits through um, in between your journey but I think you need to find a balance uh, this, so the next trips that I was taking or the next locations that I was getting to, I made sure that I kept connected with uh, my friends or, of course, I'm connected to my parents or my partner. But uh, just going uh, back and forth a little bit just to like meet them, hug it out, say that I'm OK and then go back again. So <laughs> uh, I think that that kind of helps. And uh, just having a little bit of like, you know, meaningful relationships or meaningful conversations. So that definitely comes as a challenge for sure. Uh, One more thing is I feel uh, maintaining a healthy lifestyle. You you kind of like come across all such great food. So I was difficult to control. So I try and uh, go for a run maybe wherever I am or do a small workout even if it's like 15 20 minutes so, so i consciously try and do that and what i've realized is that i think this is there's also a technique what uh people use so if you want to do a thing and you get up and do it in the first five seconds like for example if you open your yoga mat in the first five seconds you you are 90 percent likely to do the task yep so i try and just apply that that okay i just go to in the next five seconds i'm going to get up and I'm going to get to this. Otherwise, I just don't do it. Yep. And I've, I've kind of figured that out for myself. 
so i try and do that so i think yeah these two things is like a big big challenge otherwise mm-hmm. uh, i think it's it's very liberating for sure yeah so i personally really find like the you know the deep connection or meaningful conversation as i said like really hard to find them like really hard to get into it you know you have like so many things to speak about before because both of you coming from two different yeah. places of the world you're meeting in one place you know a different a strange place for both of you you have a lot of topics to cover before you get in deep right so yeah. maybe this is one of like the things that are really like kind of you know for me it's the biggest challenge um and i always like try my best i always try to get you know after we we going through the five minutes of conversation the small talk try to get deep to see if like this person is actually you know someone that in my day-to-day back home i would you know have the same conversation with them you know i would be yeah. a friend of him and not only because we have like great decoration all around us and it's yeah. kind of a part of it you know um yeah. all righty that makes so, sense yeah um vietnam tell us a little bit uh, about vietnam oh i loved my time there i absolutely loved it and i could go back to that country at any point of time and i think it's again more down to the people of vietnam rather than the place they're so kind very warm very welcoming super helpful even though they wouldn't understand your language like locals don't speak english there and they were still super helpful and um, i did the whole country uh, you know from south to north and i rode my way through it took trains took buses took flights took all kinds of modes of communication and met the kindest people i think it's a great great place and it's absolutely beautiful i think um, you know you have that commercial part of vietnam and then you have like the extreme local villages where you can interact with uh, you know the dao tribe and see their festivals they would dress you up in their costume and dance with you oh and God. you know cook cook meals for you yeah, it it's incredible i think one of my one of my favorite memories was uh, so i was in this space called sapa and we were just riding through it with a local i was just with a local and he was taking me around he didn't understand what i spoke i didn't understand what he spoke and we still had a great time and <laughs> we sat by this uh, you know small small cottage where uh, a lot of tri- so there, there are like five minor ethnic groups of sapa and uh, one of them was uh, you know they dressed me up in their costume they taught me how to stitch and oh uh, you know they they take this uh, they they have this you know specific outfit which takes them an year to stitch and it's like super intricate so they taught me how to, obviously i wasn't that, that great at it but then they 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 took that effort of teaching it to me and uh, you know we had a, we had a great time we had local food together uh, they ate a lot of rice so i I ate a lot of rides with them and lived with them. It was it was incredible, incredible. And How of course, you have been the, there. I was there for around twenty twenty five days or so, and, nice. and uh, I I loved. I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, so obviously it has its commercial side where you know you go scuba diving and you meet all the people. Yeah. But I think I <laughs> I adore these experiences more. uh because it just comes very naturally to you when you're not taking a lot of effort in doing it it just happens 
and uh, it's it, it, it's beautiful absolutely beautiful i, I can it. i can like clo- close my eyes and uh, <laughs> i i, I want to like keep having that feeling again so, yeah, all right um what what would you say like is it a good place for digital nomads yeah i think it's great um so one thing is uh, maybe in the local towns of vietnam you may not find great wifi and i think that's a big uh yeah. big necessity for digital yeah. nomads but um but you can still work with mobile hotspots and if you if you plan to be in like towns and areas which are more local for a few days then you can work out with you know mobile hotspots and may not find the greatest wifi like probably sapa or hajiang or those kinds of parts but you can take breaks and obviously go through that but the but like the main cities like ho chi minh the nang hanoi i think they're great they're super cheap and uh, they have great internet connection um again it's very user friendly and the food the culture just the place is amazing uh again it depends on the kinds of places that you want to stay i've i've had my experiences of not so clean not so cool places as well but obviously there's another side of it where you do your research well and get to a place that you can be comfortable at and um I find it super cheap and very affordable. So mm-hmm. I think that way it's great. It's absolutely incredible. And the people are kind. Uh you can work your way through things, get a scooter and move around the entire country. Like you get a scooter and you move around the entire country. I mean, how cool is that? Absolutely. <laughs> <Right. laughs> All right. Um you mentioned that it's like cheap, right? Um try to break me down what is the you know cost of living over there? So I think just a hostel or um I could I could talk in terms of INR uh but okay so like it would be I think for a month you would spend like I spent like I think 21000 INR that's it and 21000 INR would be I'd have to really calculate that. Yeah try Sorry. to help <laughs> me with the USD over here. <laughs> So I I would also include um that I had a lot of um, you know brand partnerships and work that I was doing there as well so it was cheaper for me and 21000 divided by 2 so yeah I spent like $300 for 25 days say it again yeah, say it. it again for me you said $300 <laughs> for, for 25 days, days. that's yeah. crazy that's crazy that's yeah including I, everything right this including you... everything Oh my god. So I uh, I I'd uh, you know take this leeway to tell you that um uh, a lot of my experiences because I was working in Vietnam and uh, I was collaborating with a lot of companies there. So it was uh, like my stay, my food and my experiences were kind of covered. So I would add in like another 12k or so. Let's see how much that comes up to. Uh so I think you can do it in like at max 500 600 not more than that. Wow. But right um, now this is a budgeting, you know, budgeting budget uh, or like loose budget that you're basically eating and drinking yeah, and do whatever you want. I think like so alcohol is super cheap. Food is super cheap and you just need to take like you make uh, make your way through uh the right kind of local food but 
I would still say that yeah, this is like a budgeted, uh, you know, estimate because I always travel mm. on a budget. I I don't right, cool. I try and like not overspend, but I think six hundred dollars for like twenty five days is at max that I would try and spend, and that's crazy cheap, right? And I spent like three hundred dollars, so like like three hundred dollars is nothing. So I think it is a, it's a great place for uh, you know getting through it. Yeah. Um. All right. So. Basically, the idea is that this place is really cheap, but as you know, when th- you know countries that are really cheap, sometimes it's come up with different kind of things. So either the accommodation have really funky and funny stuff, for example, over here we have really beautiful, beautiful apartment, but all of Guatemala have they don't have hot water. They have like electric something device on it. First time that I ever saw it. I have literally wires above me and everything is full of water. Like what's going on over here? This welcome to Guatemala. It's all part of it, right? So tell me a little bit about the funky stuff that we can, let's say, if you're going to see it, you're going to be surprised for 100%. Oh, I got you thinking. Uh, all right. I So I would say, uh, so I stayed in this hostel, which was in the middle of a meat market. I wasn't super comfortable with that. I think uh, it was, uh, it could have been cleaner. Uh, it's just the, the, like the, the kind of, the kind of stuff that you, I mean, it's okay. I, I get it. I, uh, it. It's okay to see stuff, but I think it was just super uncomfortable and unclean. And you kind of have a weird smell when you, enter any Southeast Asian country. I think that's there. Like I'm not just not, not just talking about Vietnam, but I'm talking about even Thailand and Indonesia. And you have like, like that weird, weird thing. So uh, I found that a little difficult to deal with within my food as well. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm kind of tired with the, with the smell in the food and I need to oh, you know, get over it. Probably. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what is it over there over here it's like corn sorry about it over here it's like corn and beans all right so everything smell and tastes like corn what is it over there in southeast asia i think it's the fish oil that they use which is like yeah which is and then it's difficult to like have everything cooked in it and uh it it has that I don't know, just that weird sense of, because Strong, I'm not, I'm not used right. to it. Yeah. I'm not very used to it. And uh, it, it was difficult for me to like see, uh, yeah, just, just like everything. It was, that was kind of weird. And when I went in the most local parts, it, it was even, even more difficult. So I'm, I, again, I'm an Indian and I eat, I'm used to bread, uh, some kind of bread in my meal. And I just kept, kept eating rice there. So like food was, I, although I got used to it, like slowly I got used to it. And now, now that I'm in Singapore, I eat all kinds of Vietnamese food. Like somehow I just keep going back to it. <laughs> But then when I was there, I was like, oh my God, I need bread. I can't eat rice all the time. <laughs> like three meals a day, I can't eat rice. And uh, yeah, I think that was like super, super difficult to deal with. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And Sometimes. also the language. So this is what I, um, I realized when I started living in a co-working space where... Uh, they were all locals and not a lot of people were there so it was super hard for me to communicate so I would I would type on Google Translate, Translate. and then it, he would he would try to type on Google Translate and then the whole conversation of me wanting a cab at 5 a.m in the morning would take me 20 minutes so <laughs> and it I, I kind of like 
I, I'm a super patient person and I felt like I can really deal with this. But I kind of got tired after a while. And then I, so I started living and shifting to places where at least the staff was English speaking. So it kind of like navigated things for me. Yeah. Because if, even when I called a grab, um, you know, grab a bike to take me from one spot to the other, the driver wouldn't speak in English. And then I would get dropped at another spot. And then oh I had to walk God. my way to another spot. So because the maps also were not specifically in English and everything was in Vietnamese. Uh, so yeah, I think these two operational things were kind of uh, like a map. Oh but, I'm so yeah. related. I'm so related to that because language over here is such a problem. I mean, people not speaking English over here, the locals almost at all, especially over here in Atitlan. But funny thing that you mentioned, like that you actually want to go in a place, but you don't know how to say or how to direct yeah. them and you get into another place. So it's happened to us in Guatemala City. So we actually supposed to go to, I don't know, some something, something, something unrelated to a mall or something. We gave him the wrong address and he actually took us to Zona Uno, Zona One, oh. which is the most <laughs> dangerous place in Guatemala probably. And like, oh my we God. literally was afraid to get out of the car. Now, both of us didn't have internet. Like we both have, you know, the package and it's done in the same day. It's during the same day. We have no internet. We cannot speak with the person. Like we cannot explain what we need to do. Yeah. I just told him, keep driving. Keep driving until I'm going <laughs> to see something that I'm going to recognize. Keep driving. That's it. <laughs> oh my God. That's scary. Yeah, That's super funny. scary. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. not going to lie. That was really intense. Um, alrighty. Um, so 2023, what do you plan for the rest of the year? Uh, I hope to travel as much as I can and also kind of sustain the business obviously in a much better way because it's still the start of it and uh, I think it's to, what I'm aiming for is to strike a balance between both uh, because both of them are super important to me and I need to cater to both of them and uh, yeah I hope uh, I'm kind of uh, tired of Southeast Asia so I hope Central Asia is something that's next on my cards. I plan to go there. You're right. Uh, and yeah, I love, I love food. Place? So I think Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan uh, is what, uh, you know, I really want to do. And I, I think you can just do like a few countries together. Uh, so spend like good uh, two, three months there. Work out of, uh, you know, places that I don't know of. Uh, and speak mm -hmm. to people who are new to me. Uh, although like you know I keep coming back to this that okay language is such an operational issue but then I do want to go to places where people don't understand my language that's so yeah. uh, that's ironic Dissonance, and right. yeah so yeah I'm really looking forward to Central Asia hopefully this yeah. year all right so thank you so much that was a great great interview we really enjoyed I really enjoyed to have you in the show and for the Canada community please Follow Monica, check out. We're going to put in the description all of the social, as you know, uh, all of the social media and everything uh, you can follow. You can even send her a message and look for, I don't know, meetup or advice, I guess, if it's okay. Oh, sure. um, other than that, we're learning Kanana. Everybody join our Discord. We're going really hard on networking and meets up over there. And we're really trying to break the boundaries of the networking challenge for digital nomads. And until then, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Monica, again. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Pleasure.